Hello and welcome into the SoRare Data Game Week 413 preview. I'm Andrew Laird. You can find me as Lairdinho on SoRare. Joined once again by the legend himself, Quinny. Quinny, the, I, I did get some very positive feedback from Monday's show with Harry. Because nice. they were like, oh, you know, it's something different, blah, blah. And they were like, but is Quinny coming back? And <laughs> yeah, guys, don't worry. He's back. I know everyone comes here to see Quinny. So I'm just here to deliver Quinny to everybody else. That's <laughs> Uh, Far from it. But thanks for having me back. Of course, of course. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Looks like Juju was first in. We got Javik. Uh, you know what's fun about doing content with Quinny is that I see the fist bumps that he usually gets on his own streams. So shout out to everyone who was out there. Thanks for joining. We are basically smack in the middle of game week 412 right now. We've got a bunch of European competition. And 413 is in 48 hours? Not even. 40. Five and chain, 45 and a half, if I'm doing my math right. Yeah. Tur totally possible I'm not. But that's it. Sora doesn't stop, Quinny. So we got to jump right in to the weekend, which is the last weekend before an international break. I feel like it's too early in the month to have an international break, but it's coming. So here it is. Are there any, where do you side in the surely whoever my player is, is going to play because they have a break coming up, even if they don't actually have a break. Like you have those guys that you're like, he'll play. And you're like, have you considered that he's flying to Bolivia this weekend? And you're like, <laughs> yeah, no. you're right. So how do you usually deal with those situations? Um, I, I think it's a kind of take it as it comes kind of thing. So the main, the main rotation, what is, of course, the midweek to weekend. Um, but Today, earlier today, and I think yesterday, we're starting to see the international squads get announced. So there's just that little checkbox. As soon as you see like the Denmark squads, all right, who's in it? You know, and and then, so some guys, yeah, but again, domestic managers don't care about the international True, side right? of things. Yeah. They would rather they were injured, even a tiny bit, because then they don't need to go. <laughs> you know, like, just get a tiny injury, and we're, you know, that's probably what they're all about. So uh, I don't really think there's a rule of thumb for it, but I think you've just got to, you know, be, you know, one thing I always try and do is just try and put yourself in the position of being the manager of that team. You know, imagine it was your job on the line. You know, would you be resting a guy for a game in three weeks' time? No, you want to win this weekend, you know. So, uh, yeah, that's why the, I look at it. Yeah, I think the one that I looked at, what was it? I'll give a shout out to the San Sorer Scandinavia Discord because it was in that, it was the Swedish squad. And they were saying that Sweden have a match against Belgium as a qualifier, and then they have a friendly. So, it's kind of like if you have your Swedish guys, you're not going to use them this, you know, in the in the break. They'll have matches and you'll have to worry about the rotation, but you're probably not playing them against Belgium. And then obviously the friendly is not going to be scored. So it's kind of like a dead game week for you. And those yep. are the situations where you're like, please get a small injury at the 89th minute today <laughs> that keeps them out. A little niggle on the on the ankle or something like that, just, just to keep them out. But I'm completely selfishly have this rotation problem for myself of the biggest favorite of this upcoming game week, which is Bayern Munich. So I have a Masrawi super rare that I was convinced I'd be able to use in this home game against Freiburg. Cause I was like, there's no way he's going to start the champions league game. And so they'll rest whoever was at right back, whether it's moving Limer or, um, or putting someone else there. And yeah. he started and got an assist and now I don't know if he's going to play this match against uh, Freiburg. And the worst part is that, and I know if, if Quinny is, or Quinny, if Chani is listening, he's there sitting like just 
cursing Thomas Tuchel's decisions. But the last time yep. this happened, Masrawi did start, got a hundred, and then was immediately benched to go just back to the bench. And so this assist in the midweek doesn't even help me because I just don't think Tuchel's going to trust him. And like those are the the headaches that we have. And I mean, there are a lot of nice matchups this week, but. Does Porto rotate? Does Zagreb rotate? You probably have a better understanding of Celtic, who are the fourth biggest favorite. Antwerp hey. against Romains Yupin. They have they had midweek. Antwerp, that is. Leipzig, Besiktas. Like, that's a lot of teams that have played this midweek, are gonna play this weekend. They do have players on it, you know, that play internationally. Ugh, I hate yeah, it. Yeah, it's a lot going on. That, that whole top order there, apart from Deportivo and Interpendiente. Like they're all midweek. They're all midweek yeah. teams. Every one of them, you know, all the way down they to Salzburg, right at the bottom of the page. I bet. Yeah, Benfica, Real Madrid, Salzburg, Sporting, PSV. Like it's all, it's all of them. Wow. Yero played midweek. Jesus. Yeah, that's a busy one for sure. I think the Bayern Munich one is a good kind of example of like you can be too clever sometimes trying to plan for this rotation. Thomas Tuchel is under fire. You know, Bayern Munich have not started invincible as they normally do. Kane's also got some plaudits for the goals he scored or whatever, but you know, Thomas Tuchel is definitely made a mess of that place over the, the transfer window. And yeah, I think he needs to win every single match possible. You know, Copenhagen went one nil up and he was probably bricking, you know what I mean? That he was going to get bagged that night. So I don't think he takes any chances. I think he rotated in this game, taking them lately. I think he's played Mizrawi and he's played, um, uh, I think it was just Masrawi from the start, really. I think Coleman's normally been starting. Yeah, they've not yeah I think it's basically through. just instead of this lineup, uh, Limer moves to right back and Goretzka, and Goretzka. plays next to Kimmich. Yeah, Kimmich. but I think um, Freiburg are not, no pushover. And yeah, that, I think those three points, have been Tuchel was laying his week out, he's probably been looking at the weekend more than Copenhagen. You know, he'd probably expect that to be kind of the way it went, I suppose. Um, whereas other teams... It kind of depends on what their situation is. Not everyone is Bayern Munich in a Champions League group stage, you know, where yeah. they can play as Copenhagen and, hey, we'll try and take it easy. We'll try and win the game early. Like Celtic, for example. Leipzig are playing Man City this midweek. I don't know who Zagreb have got. Porto have got a tough group. Anyway, it kind of goes on. Like A lot of those guys have got tough games midweek, you know, and yeah. even the weekend we've just came out of, there wasn't that many smooth sailing results either. So yeah. even rotation or not, the fixture rating is hard to judge now, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's exactly how... I mean, I don't think when looking at Bayern Munich, 83% chance to win. I'm not sure there's really much they could do to like adjust their lineup so much that all of a sudden you're like, oh, maybe Freiburg's got a real chance here. Like, I, I think they're still <laughs> going to be a big one. But like, we don't... As SO5 players, we're like, we, that's the last thing we want is like this mass ro unexpected rotation... And even if they still win, you're kind of like, well, I don't have any of my guys in. So I don't know. We'll see. Let's start with second division Europe just because that's what we do. But um, I know of the top four or three of the top four favorites this week, Southampton, Leeds, Dusseldorf and Leicester, the three championship clubs played this midweek. Now they're used to used to it. There will be some rotation, maybe not like wholesale, but they are pretty firm favorites. Southampton finally, finally look good, at least in one game. And Leeds, I believe, play later today. Uh, yeah, in about two hours, I think. And Leicester, probably the same. So 
are you still playing the whole they're just used to all these games so they'll just keep playing their their regular guys yeah i think that i think what you tend to find with championship clubs is that you know they for the most part they're looking for rhythms of form so if they start to catch lightning in a bottle it's very rare that they'll they'll deviate generally speaking you know so i think Stuart armstrong scored a world of a free kick for southampton the other night which was cool and like you say, if they're starting to pick up form, Bazinu got some plaudits, which was something of a... He needed a, that. Um, it's, a, it's a bingo card thing, isn't it? You know, for the apocalypse, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> Bazinu's got a clean sheet and 83 all around. So, uh, but yeah, so they're definitely on the up and I don't think the manager will change very much. And being at home to Rotherham, Rotherham are traditionally quite close to the bottom of that league, always kind of fighting against relegation. So yeah, it could be a really good one. For Southampton, and when you're building these stacks out of like Championship, as we know, I heard you talking about Championship over one of your streams recently about how it used to be in Challenger, and there was a wee bit of a different dynamic with those cards, you know. Uh, but I think anyone that's been into the relegation lover mode, you know, bought the Southampton cards. Now's the time where I think they've adapted to the level. The new managers got the pieces in the puzzle, and you know, two wins in a row there against good opposition, Stoke and Leeds. And then this Rotherham game, this might be, this feels like the time where if you were building that team, now is the time to play them. So it's funny because uh, Tom Brimson here says, I think Southampton manager already said there will be rotation. He also said it for the midweek and then there was none. He literally rolled out the exact same 11. And so you could make the argument now he'll rotate, but also, like you said, they've won two in a row with the exact same team changing things up now if the result doesn't go as well now all of a sudden it looks like a bad decision he looks worse i don't know the the whole putting yourself in the mind of the manager i'm rolling these 11 out again and saying these guys have got us two in a row let's go get three yeah i'm with you on that and uh, also, good I talent guess. in the team as well man Sulemana's, you know way above that level so yeah if you've got a good form good quality players just keep them going yeah now, granted, I'm also not a professional football manager. I just play so rare and so and talk about it That's on the internet. And so obviously not an expert here, but and Alberico, Kyle Walker Peters, the GOAT, he has been pretty incredible. Um, with another yeah. 37 all around yesterday, without even a double double. Wow, that's impressive. It's just he just does it all. And yet only does. one of everything. Apparently, not two, not not two in order to get the double double. Um, so Ramalta said they didn't look great last night, didn't create many clear cut chances, but they're building momentum. See, that's all it is. You keep building momentum. You go into the break feeling good and you come out of the break and you start building some more Southampton need it. Um, yeah. And, uh, this looks like I've been preparing for this and I can assure you, I have not, <laughs> this is totally by accident. <laughs> for sure. Again, a lot of those teams are at home as well. And we know, you know, these types of divisions tend to favor some home teams. So, uh, yeah, it's good to see you've got a, you've got a wee fingerprint in a lot of those teams, Laird. Um, the goalkeeper for Dusseldorf, I was talking about him on Road to Glory this week, because I think Dusseldorf, before the weekend, had only conceded like two goals or something crazy like that. I don't know what their score was at the weekend, but another good home result for the or no, the lost at the weekend there, 1-0 to Hamburg. But uh, looks like they're at home. And the, go- four, yeah. the goalkeeper score uh, for, du- for Dusseldorf is like mad high on that um, matchups tab. And I, Mad Klassenmeyer here is a bit of a killer, so he could be one to watch out for rather than definitely, a, a Definitely could be a Dusseldorf week, for sure. I believe, or I definitely at one point had a Dusseldorf stack in Limited and moved on to Hamburg, which you can see here. I actually, somebody, um, Juju said Kassenmeyer, 
do you think this is this is supposed to be isn't really good or is really good? Ooh, I'm gonna say as. That's me. Me too. <laughs> I'm gonna say as. For those listening, it's IST, and so we're uh, wondering. I did want to. I got a comment on our video on our unlimited time only yesterday, it's because our good friend Gator Guy has a hamburger stack or a collection that he's building, and somebody had a comment. It was Patman. I had to bring this up. He said, I am from Hamburg and the short form of Hamburger SV is the city's name Hamburg or HSV. Hamburger SV means Hamburg Sports Club. Sport Club. There is no short form hamburger. So do not call them just hamburger. Before that story, I was going to say, by the way, everyone in Europe just calls them Hamburg. Yeah. <laughs> no one calls them they Hamburg. They are correct. Yes. <laughs> so I will also call them Hamburg or H. I will never call them HSV, actually. It will be Hamburg. Um, yeah. That's funny. But because anyway. see, sometimes when you and uh, Gator Guy are saying some of this stuff, sometimes I don't know if you're talking about Hamburg or like hamburgers, like your logos and stuff like that. You know, you talk about hamburger teams, like as if they're like trophy, like they're it, for the, you know, like OGs. <laughs> Yeah, we um we need to clear that up. So we will we will stop referring <laughs> to hamburger SV as hamburger, and it'll be just be Hamburg. I can assure you, Keith will mess that up though. So uh, just to say that, St. Pauli, I know have some very good scores as well, uh, and so I actually think if these games play out like the odds think, I think we could see some decently high scores from second division Europe this week, just because the teams that generally score well. And like Hamburg has a number of good scores. They are away, I guess. But like Firth have a couple of good scores. Obviously I'm biased here because I have a few of them, but mm -hmm. uh, I know our good friend Hoodwink is winning a huge, winning something this week with a Tenerife stack. They're at home this week. What is that? 52% to win, which isn't so crazy, but, and then Bordeaux Strong. have a decent, I mean, these are all decent home matchups. My Auger yep. boys away to uh, Paris FC, which somebody said yesterday should be a really good matchup for them. So I don't know. It looks like a second division week for me. Yeah. When I see that top order, I think if you were doing like a gator guy and like targeting the fixtures and all that kind of thing, buying guys specifically, those top four teams, like I don't really know who's standing out for Leeds at the moment, but you look at Kyle Walker-Peters, defender card Southampton, you look at Leicester City, Dewsbury Hall for midfield. And then between some of these other teams, man, like there'll be a striker or two, Playing for somebody that will probably score 80, you know. So some of these cards could really bang, you know, some biggies. Man, Quinny, you you just know exactly what to say. Hold on. <laughs> um, but, they, but it's like we said last time with second division, but I think a lot you can stack them. I know you've done very well with, with Fogs there, and I know there's a lot of other examples of these D2 collection stacks paying off. But for me, my um interest kind of peaks in them in like individual talisman you know one guy that doesn't matter if the game's that bad or not like we've seen the we've seen Kyle Walker-Peters getting referenced even in bad results because his AA was picking up hugely yeah and it's more like that Jan Nicholas Bestie you know these these are the D2 guys that I can uh, I'm interested in more than like uh, grabbing a team of it if, as it were so just when we're going through those teams I'm just kind of thinking who is the who's the guy I would be looking at in this team and I think easily in that top four or five, you could you could build a team, no problem. Yeah, and um, where's the last one? Here we go. Sorry, this is totally selfishly, but I I can nice. with the Hamburg defensive stack, Dewsbury Hall, and then a Leeds attacking stack. That's fun. Leeds, Hamburg, 
Lester. Nice. Let's go. Let's go. Um, Sorum also saying Dan James has been a standout for Leeds. Also true. They have a number nice. of very good young forwards. I know that the two I had here, um, Somerville and, and Rudder. Rudder, who we talked about on looking up with Laird last week, I think, maybe two weeks ago over on So Rare TV. If anyone hasn't subscribed to So Rare TV on YouTube, go do that. But yeah, they're both under 23 also. So there's a whole lot of, whole lot to have. So SR Monkey will be happy. It's a second division yeah. Europe, I think. He'll be buzzing. <laughs> what do we got in Asia? We have a Sicinialis Daegu mm-hmm. in a really good matchup. It looks like maybe Hoodwink just sweeps back-to-back week, game weeks. I think, I don't see how it doesn't happen, to be honest. I'm just going to put it out there like that. Good it luck, could. Hoodwink. Yeah, good luck, Hoodwink. He's on he's on form at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> and and long may it continue, you know, because yes. uh, he's definitely, you know, part of the joy, I was going to say that a minute ago with the D2 chat, but that's part of the Sorear chat is like building the five-a-side fantasy team. It's not like just buying the Leicester team, but it's like get Dewsbury Hall and then get this guy and get that guy. That's kind of where it's at. But also the, the converse of that is like the hoodwink where it's like you find Daegu and then, you know, like you're just, you know the team inside out, you know the fixtures inside out, you know when to back them, you know when to play them. So yep. love to see love to see Hoodwink going and getting another result with the Daegu boys, Sicinialis yep. as they are. And even sometimes you have direct messages with their talisman, even though he's not playing. Anyway, uh, Olsen home. Olsen, I believe, it feels like Olsen have played 17 matches in the last five days because they've got Champions League and obviously K-League action, but they're playing Pohang as well. But no one really that that big of a favorite. Uh, I assume Daegu would be a bigger favorite if Sassini were playing. Uh, I guess the closest one in terms of bigger clubs, uh, Seoul against John Bach, which is a classic one of those games where if you have players from either team, you're just like, ugh. well, maybe it's not the week for them. And so, as you can see, I've got a bunch. So I've got, <laughs> I think these <laughs> oh, are all. Keyson Young loves a big game. It's a big game, but yeah. Keyson Young coming up with a big, big players in big games. Is that what we're going to pull here? That's it. Well, he hit 100 recently. So, you know, he's definitely getting his team made the way he likes it. Anyway, and, mm-hmm. you know, could be, a, could be a good one for him. He has uh, been but, yeah. much better recently. Since I sold him, that's what happened. <laughs> no. Yeah, like the 100 was with no decisive also, and then he had a goal. Beautiful. Um, so yeah, there was, this, there was this patch where they stopped starting him and the small patch, and then he wouldn't play all the time, and uh, Key's back. Key is so back. Thank you for selling him. <laughs> no problem. I heard as well, like you, you were talking about uh, Josh Forsell and his gallery up the other day, and uh, part of his gallery was Cameron Carter Vickers. And like the day after he sold his gallery, Brendan Rogers, like, Carter Vickers has been training, you know, and he's going to be on the bench in the Lazio game, you know, <laughs> and it's just like, oh, I feel so bad for mm. Josh when I seen that. But it's like every other Cameron Carter Vickers owner has Josh to thank for Cameron Carter Vickers' expedited return to the team <laughs> because <laughs> that's the. Uh, that's the way life works. As soon as somebody sells the card, the dominoes are falling, and you're gonna, you know, they'll be back quicker, or mm-hmm. they'll be back to form before you know it. Yeah, Cameron heard it. He was like, oh, "Josh, sell my card. <laughs> All right, I'm back. I'm in. <laughs> Enough of the exercise bike. I'm getting back on the pitch. Um, looking for food. A quick thing on uh, Seoul said if Palasevich is out, then he will take a hundred percent of the sets, which sounds great until you remember that they're playing John Buck, and you're like, how many sets could he get? But really, only takes one. For magic to happen so 
Indeed. Um, we've got no J League this weekend. So yeah, just a very limited Asia, which I imagine is reflected in the prizes. Let's see. Champion Asia Rare, 73 prizes. Rare Pro, 16, which is about half of Champion America. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's what happens. Have fun with that. Speaking of Champion America. Oof. It's kind of all over the place. We're, we're at that point, especially with MLS, where it's the it's the business end of the season now, you know. So rotation, I think, like MLS is a nightmare for it most of the season. But now anyone that's anywhere near that playoff line, it, there's no mucking about now for these teams. A lot of them just have to get the points on the board. I have to get the business done. So I'm not too up on where everyone's at, but I know that we're losing games. You know, there's not that many left to go. And yeah. So the thing. one thing that I picked up this week was from our good friend Andy Black. Let me see where. So oh, I probably can we spell it out? St. Louis FC. Oh. Hmm. Let's see. But anyway, St. Louis just clinched the top spot in the Western Conference, which means they could lose every game and still have home field throughout the playoffs. They are traveling to Vancouver this weekend, and he is convinced that they will just pick up 18 guys at the airport and let them play the game because they don't want to bring any of them to play on the artificial turf in Vancouver. I guess I could search for Vancouver. Vancouver's uh, an underdog anyway. Oh, wait, did that say they were away? Oh, no, maybe it's not. Uh, hmm. Now I don't know who they're playing. St. Louis have a... Uh, I, I picked my goalkeeper. Oh, who do they have? I'll just go and check it. I picked Berkey. He's not got a good game, but I thought he'll make, he could make some saves. But it's not a good game for a clean sheet. It is Vancouver. Maybe Vancouver got a double game week. Oh, oh Vancouver plays Seattle, uh, St. Louis midweek. And then this weekend, it's St. Louis versus Seattle. Last two games before the split, so they play tonight in my oh, time. Tonight's in Vancouver. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so maybe they'll be okay for the uh, for St. Louis. Maybe that's why we don't have odds for them yet because they're waiting for the uh, waiting for that midweek to happen. All right, that's fair. Um, although, wait a minute. No, I take that back. Ten four. Oh, St. The Louis Seattle game. This weekend. They're off. The, yeah, Sorry. the is Seattle game is the twenty second. Yeah. Yeah, 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 my fault. My fault. That's something okay. I don't know either. Surahan said, can anyone explain the goalkeeper rotation every week at Nashville? I own Willis Rarebit and never know when to play him. That one is a, just a mess. Uh, I will give credit to Trippin B for telling me before the season that he thought Joe Willis would not last the entire year as the starter. And I was like, oh, you're crazy. And I bought Willis. Or no, I'm sorry. I, I actually did not buy Willis. And then Willis went on this absurd run. And I was like, oh, man, this is just costing me. And then, yeah. Uh, as Jerm points out, he's old and out of contract. Ooh. Panico, whose name I always confuse with Pinocchio, is likely to be rolling <laughs> next year. And so that's what it is. Do you um, know, I've heard Trippin' B say Panico for about a year and a half, and I've never known who the fuck he was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but because when I see that name, I can hear Trippin' B's voice saying Panico, you know, Panico, Panico. Um, <laughs> So fair play to him, man. That's some call. I've never seen Willis getting dropped. I didn't realize until looking at it now how in and out he's been. Yeah, it yeah was that's a pre-season. nightmare. Preseason was the call from Trippin' B. And Willis did start off really well. And Juju says Panico sounds like an Italian dessert, which is, <laughs> which is a really good shout there. But 
Yeah, at the beginning of the season, he had these this like great run, but then yeah, he's been he he did have I know a kind of a family issue towards the end of the league's cup that took him out of one game, but then Panico kept the job, and for the most now they seem to be just kind of rotating in and out, which makes both of them basically unplayable because in SO five because you just you just never know. Um, That's yeah, a great we, situation to trade into at the moment, but because a guy like him won't leave MLS, even though he's out of contract, someone else in MLS will pick him up. And if you look at the league table, you could probably pull out 10 teams that could use a keeper of his standard, you know, either keepers that are older, maybe retired, or guys that are just a bit crap and not good enough. So he's been very good for Nashville. And, it, you know, Nashville was lost by somebody else's gain in that sense. So if you've got the patience, if Willis is dipping, he is like, he's top five MLS goalkeeper when he's on form in theory. So... I will echo that, but it was actually a slightly different situation where Brad Stuver used to back up Sean Johnson in New York City, and he was too good to be a backup, but he was not going to supplant Sean Johnson. And he left, obviously, and became a starter in Austin. And so both of these guys, like, I don't know if Panico gets a job elsewhere, but like Joe Willis has been around enough where he should get a job somewhere. For sure. It is just weird that the... And Germ said even when Willis started, Panico subbed on for penalties in the League Cup, which I always find that strange. But yeah, Arteta probably loves it. Anyway, so yeah, <laughs> we don't really have, I guess, Minero big favorites, but again, they were they they played midweek. Red Bulls are big favorites home against Toronto. I just never trust the Red Bulls. There's yeah. there's just never any player I want that I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's what I want to do. Uh, Houston home against Colorado. I know there are a bunch of Houston stacks out there or collections out there. So people will get excited about that. Fortaleza booked their ticket to the final of, um, was it Copa wow. or Sudamericana? I forget which one they're in. They probably need to Sudamericana last night. Let's see. Sudamericana. Yeah. So, so there was a great tweet basically that they've like moved up a level or won a cup, like each of the last five years. Like they're just, Oh, wow. Yeah, it's it's very impressive. Um, so they're cool. so they're either going to be hungover for this game or they're going to be still on the high of making the final, and so that'll play out. And then River Plate, decent favorite, which is always good for me. Yeah, definitely good. Uh, to, definitely River season, you know, getting a big win against Boca last week, you know. So yeah, definitely River season. Yep. And then speaking of Joe Willis, Nashville's away to Philly, which is always kind of a match that people want to avoid. And so the there's that Orlando home against Carlos Heel and the New England Revolution. So one player they might want to worry about. Um, Pablo said this is not an easy game for Armani, meaning River Plate's Armani. And yes, Paolo is in as a Paolo Diaz uh, sweater. It's uh, it's always nice to hear that. But I feel like it's just regular MLS shenanigans after that. RSL. Favorite against uh, Sporting Kansas City at home. Dallas, favorite against San Jose. We've got Chicago at home against um, Charlotte. And the messy list Miami against FC Cincinnati. It's just, they're just games. These are just games. I don't think anybody's winning all-star rare with a stack of any of these teams. But, you know, you've got your your choices. Like, Jesus Ferreira, if he he starts, that's a good matchup for him against San Jose. So, like, you know that's going to be okay. If Reynoso continues to play for Minnesota, they're home against Galaxy. They'll be fine. They have, we have a Cascadia match here, Seattle and Vancouver, like we were talking about before. Those games can kind of be tight. It, even when both, if one team is really awful, 
it, this feels, I'm, I'm not, before I say this out loud, I'm not comparing these things, but I'm just saying. <laughs> there are times when you have a Merseyside derby where Liverpool are really good, Everton are not so good, but the matches, those matches are always really tight. And so that's how it is, these Cascadia matches, like Vancouver could be a mess, Seattle could be flying, but when those teams get together, they can be tight. So just a warning. Again, not yeah, comparing sure. them to Liverpool, Everton. So. Uh, and then, yeah, nothing else seems to jump out, for me at least. That's all. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, uh, let's see, I think for a lot of these teams as well, like for anyone you've got cards with, it is like the business end of the season. You'll probably know where your guys are sitting. Some of the teams that are dead and dead and buried in, in MLS and now, like, I'm looking at the league with two or three games to go, depending on who you're talking about. There's teams there like LA, Colorado, Austin, are pretty much dead at the bottom. Same with Toronto, Charlotte, Miami, they're New York. They're all kind of cut adrift. So there's like seven teams I've just named that really don't have anything to play for in the next two matches. So if you're against them, cool. If you've got them, I'd say ditch them, you know, put them in a training or something. But yeah. Yep. Challenger Europe. We always know it's the same clubs at the top anyway. Uh, this week it happens to be Porto, Zagreb, Celtic, Antwerp. Besiktas, Feyenoord, Benfica, Salzburg, Sporting, PSV. Those are the top ones of the uh, of the minted clubs on SoRare, although Porto no longer being minted. Same with Benfica. Or no, I'm sorry, Benfica is uh, Sporting or not. With these clubs playing midweeks and some of them playing kind of tougher ones, do you think, like Antwerp, who did they, they played... I know they didn't play Barcelona. Will they play today? I don't think they played last night. I think you could be right there. It's a tonight game. Who do they have today? Do they not play? What's going on? They must have played yesterday. They're not in the list for today. Oh, no, they're playing right now at home at Shakhtar. They're 1-0 up. Okay. There we go. So, home against Yupin. Surely they could just roll out whoever they want and win that one. But Or do they keep it going with the group that they have? today let me pull that one up let's see who's playing today oh, yeah, it's a really tough group we've got the, uh, fake veerman getting an assist today <laughs> have you, you still got your racket at scared didn't know you went back to shaktar you must have been bummed out about that it was not ideal uh quinny i have the rare and super rare Oh, lovely. Double yeah. the fun. Double the fun. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I actually played him despite this. I think I have him in some throwaway lineup because they actually, he usually splits or not splits. When Matt Vienko is not playing, Rakitsky plays. And for some reason they're playing because I think they're both left footed, but apparently both are in today. So thankfully yeah. those that score is not going to go anything, uh, go anywhere for me. But, but yeah, so like, I assume any of these guys, you just roll them out. Like Feyenoord or PSV, you play the guys that you always have. Maybe because... I think for the, I, yeah, I think for the most part, because like for a lot of the... Depending on who individually we're talking about, like not many of these teams have got that many international players, you know, by comparison to like the champion Europe guys that we'll probably come on to look at. Um, so I like to think about with some of these guys, like kind of when they play their matches, are they home or away midweek? 
conversely into the weekend, if that makes sense. So Celtic at home tonight to Lazio. I really don't care if they play Saturday or Sunday the weekend, but uh, if they are, if they were away, if I've got a team that's playing like away tonight, for example, let's say, uh, for example, Barcelona are away tonight to Porto. Now that's not actually much of a journey. Yeah, I was going to say that's actually a pretty quick one. Yeah, that's not too bad. Antwerp's is probably the good. No, no, they're at home. Let's even let's have a look at last night. I'll find a good example. I promise. But like, if someone's away midweek and then they're away weekend and it's like not a good away game, then that will kind of that will sit in the back of my mind. Uh, but yeah, Galatasaray playing Man United. I know they won three two last night, but Galatasaray uh, this weekend. I don't know whether they came in that order, but if they're not got a great game or they're away or something, then. Uh, maybe that's a game because the, the way I think about away matches with Europe and also I've not like yourself Laird, I've not been a professional elite football manager so I don't really know the ins and outs of the schedule right but they have a day of recovery they have a day of you know assessing the game and then preparing for the next game and so let's say you're Galatasaray you played in Manchester Tuesday night you get home into Turkey late last night went to your bed you'll be at the training ground today doing some sort of cool down thing maybe a bit of post-match uh, and what day is it today? Wednesday. So you'll get in tomorrow for a, a pre-match training session. Friday will be somewhat of a day off, and then you'll have like a game Saturday, Sunday, if that makes sense. So yep. if that game is away or a really tough opponent, that feels like a really busy week to me, if you know what I mean. So, uh, so for example, Sociedad played Tuesday night away to Salzburg, which wasn't much of an away game in terms of travel. But yeah. one thing I really liked about that is it was the first game that kicked off. It was like the six o'clock game. So you know they go back to Spain like maybe like not that late you know maybe, yeah. maybe 11 o'clock at night or something maybe I'd be a bit of a better sleep and they're a day ahead of everyone else you know they've been resting today they'll be training tomorrow etc so I don't know if that's a wee bit of a tangent but like that's kind of the way I look at these guys is like what have they just done and then it's not because like, again if they don't rotate that's that's problem number one dealt with but problem number two is do they still play as good do they still yeah. have room in the tank um so yeah, it's all yeah. I think that's about the context that I try and bring into this. From speaking teams. of possible rotation, do you think uh, Alistair Johnston is going to be rotated this weekend? Good question. It could happen. It definitely could happen. Um, I would watch the game tonight, and if AJ if Alistair Johnston gets ninety, I don't suppose it's off the. I don't suppose it's out of the question that Ralston would get the minutes, but. It's not something I've been thinking about, to be honest. <laughs> mm -hmm. Good question, but could happen. Good shout if it does. Yeah, the I mean, un, unsurprisingly, most of the bigger favorites here are at home anyway. But like you said, it's more important of were they at home this midweek as well. Uh, surely you give a give a little bit of a bump to those guys because not having to travel for midweek is very different than having to travel, and particularly twice, like we said, Galatasaray who are away to, I had to scroll quite a bit to get to them, uh, and Taliaspor, which odds-wise is not, they don't think is kind of a pushover anyway. And so we do have just other significantly bigger favorites in Challenger Europe than Galatasaray. So it's not, I don't think you're confidently rolling out all of those guys, which is kind of a bummer because I'm not sure how many people were playing them with full confidence away to Man United, despite the result. Uh, although United have been pretty dreadful. Pretty I think dreadful. Zagreb and Zagreb, I've just had to recheck it there. And I think they're a real standout because they play tomorrow. They're away to a team in Kosovo. Kosovo and Croatia are 
next door almost, you know, and the team is in Kosovo. So it'll be like a high school they're playing or something, you know, like it's not going to be, it's not going to be that much of a thing. And even though Zagreb traditionally in Europe, they're normally the, the high school team, you know, yeah. if I compare it to some other guys. But so I think Zagreb are probably going to be quite cushy, uh, you know, overall. So just having a look at that top order, that was just, because Feyenoord are playing Atletico Madrid now, it's one each. That's a pretty tough game. And uh, Benfica played Inter Milan at home, right enough. So, um, so yeah, I, I think that, that it's all going to be as clear cut as just look at these games and then go get you know some stacks or just throw them into it because you will need to be paying attention to who played ninety, who played sixty, you know how many games. And again, like the Rousing question there, the reason that's really interesting and something that you do need to keep on top of with games is we love guys that start every game. But that doesn't go on forever, most of the time. You know, at some point, there does become a point where, oh, this guy's played 10 games in a row. Of course, he was going to get a break or he's going to get rotated or something. Um, so I'm not too sure about Alistair Johnson specifically, but you could see that rear its head like this weekend for like the nailed starter. You know, like, oh, he's finally, you know, could be the game he gets rotated for, depending on who we're talking about. Yeah, it also doesn't hurt to see which players, and we don't have, I mean, we don't have every squad yet, but just seeing who's traveling over the international break. And if they, you know, maybe they have a match on Tuesday or Wednesday of next week and it's far, then it's just something to consider. Cause maybe even just mentally that they're thinking ahead, like, Oh, I got to figure out. I mean, obviously all of the accommodations are taking care of them, but they still have to get themselves to these places. And so it's just something on the mind, it's just a regular human thing to think of as opposed to just a professional footballer only thinking about football this time of year, we got to think about it a little more. Um, I don't think that there were any huge clubs like Bruges away is at standard Liège, which, uh, you know, that's not a matchup that I think you're saying, well, I'm not going to play Vanakin. So I think people are probably playing those cards anyway. Um, yep. 20 USG are away, but they, that's pretty good matchups against Fortuna and at Walwick. West I always get them mixed up. Damn it. Always, <laughs> always get them mixed up. It's the yellow badges that throw me. Yeah, yeah. And the, the yellow away just made it even more yellow. And so, yeah. So apologies to uh, to those two clubs. Gent Gank, nice matchup of the two teams. People get mixed up all the time. Um, yep. Hate it when they play each other. It's normally a rubbish game. I think the same with uh, Bruges and Liège. It's always like a crap game as well. I was interested to see about where um, any of the, de you know, in here, I wanted to see where Midgetland, Copenhagen, some of these guys are, but I don't see them anywhere. They must have rubbish games. No, Midgetland, uh, no, are up there. that one should be okay. Um, it should be good though. because they don't have any midweek. Oh, yeah, of course. I love that, but as well, that's a good thing to, to have coming into the weekends at the moment. Like, a lot of the guys that have done well for me over the last three or four weeks are some of them are La Liga guys that don't play midweeks, and I just kind of know like weekends are going to be playing and they're going for it. So, it does yeah, just make it a little easier just because it's that that's one part of the decision you really don't have to think about. Ian Sawyer says Aberdeen against St. Johnstone's a banker, and I'm a St. Johnstone fan. So we have Aberdeen here, uh 59% to win, decent goalie and defender scores. So I'm happy now, about Ian, that. Ian has to be noted, by the way, as a bit of a shark because he does this to jinx St. Johnson into victories and positive results. <laughs> so so watch out for Ian. He's probably, you know, Aberdeen should should beat them, right? But St. Johnson have had, you know, they drew with Celtic, and I think they got a decent result with Rangers earlier this season as well. Aberdeen are playing Thursday night against Helsinki, 
at home in Aberdeen. So it should be a good night for Aberdeen, don't get me wrong. But the Thursday, Sunday turnover is is different, you know. So okay. maybe it's a wee bit well, of Ian. Yeah. <laughs> Ian, good luck. I hope um since you're watching, I don't know if any Aberdeen fans are watching supporters are watching, so I'll happily score or side on yours your side as long as Stefan Gartman can get a last man tackle or a clearance off the line for Aberdeen. Maybe the clearance off the line or clearance off the line and then it's played out and then back in they score. Everybody goes home happy. Uh, Let's see. I think that is it. The only other one, Austria Vienna is playing. I'm, this is completely selfish. So I I apologize for bringing this up, but Austria Vienna are playing. uh, Sorry. I meant to click on this one here. Um, Blau Weichlins. Nice. Maybe. Good. Good. No, no, I think you nailed it, mate. How about that? So I won their goalie previously, Nicholas Schmidt. Nicholas Schmidt had some of the worst scores on So Rare. So I sold him and he immediately got a clean sheet against Leipzig, or excuse me, Salzburg and Austria Klagenfurt. And you know, so I basically wow. won him here. Sold him after this match, I think. And the guy is just an absolute banger. So careful with your Austria Vien stacks. When you're thinking, this is the week, this guy shut out Salzburg. At Salzburg. Yeah. Well, for not. I just had to randomly bring that up. Yeah, no, I like that. That's a good one. I was just going to say, he looks a bit like uh, one of the, the Paul brothers. I don't know which one, but he looks like it could be Nicholas Paul, maybe. Don't <laughs> 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 <Is that> they? <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> um, Moldy said, I won Jordan Morris yesterday. Quinny is a fan, Seattle fan. What do you think on Jordan Morris? I'm a big fan of him. I, um, I don't have any intel on him, but because I've not had his limited in a good while, but I really good MLS player. And similar to the Willis chat we had earlier, guys like, you know, he's had a bit more of a, a sorry story in the sense, obviously went to Swansea and got a bad injury about a year and a half ago. But yeah. he's not—he's not going anywhere outside of America at this stage in his career, and he's very firmly like of the level, you know. So at Seattle, I would expect him to stay. But even if he didn't stay at Seattle, you know that he could go into our team and be like a right winger that could score eight to seven goals and get an equal kind of number of assists over a season. You know, he's a good guy. Uh, Jordan Morris is one for me, Laird, and I—I I, I don't know about yourself, but. I remember when Jordan Morris got drafted because I remember there was like mad hype about him because he was playing for America and scoring. And it was like, wow, man, this guy's playing for America and he's still in college and he's going to get drafted. And Seattle drafted him and he hit the ground running and nothing nothing happened. (laughs) Yeah, he has he had just a very different route to being a professional footballer than a lot of people. And that he went to college in the U.S. and not many players who are everybody who goes to college thinks they'll be a professional footballer, but so few of them do. And he happened to be one that did. And then he had opportunities to go to Europe and turn them down to go to Seattle, stayed in Seattle. The Swansea move ended up being quite surprising because everyone kind of thought he'd stay here forever. But then, as you mentioned, got that pretty serious knee injury and then came back. And that was just a loan to Swansea, but yeah, he's, he will be in MLS for forever. Yeah. Yeah. Good guy. So on the total opposite spectrum of MLS, we've got champion Europe here. <laughs> um, Bayern, Leipzig, Real Madrid, Leverkusen, Inter. Um, do they don't, Athletic don't play midweek or European, no. right? 
Yeah, so they're the top one that do not have European football. Home against Almeria, the mighty Luis Maximiano, who... He's not doing the analysis. That guy. I really can't. Yeah. Um, Barcelona away to Zach Granada, and then Spurs, another non-midweek team uh, away. Is that Luton? Yeah, it is indeed. Yeah. Just here. So that's the Luton one. Um, I'm going to selfishly bring up Jao Felix because I, has he started? So he's pretty much started every game since the last international break. And we keep talking about them rotating. But the last two, he's played 64 minutes and 71 minutes. Got an impressive almost 19 AA uh, at home against Sevilla. They play away to Porto today. Uh, the lineup oh, might be out. Let's see. I think with Barca, they're so thin. They can't really afford too much rotation, you know, like for the sake of it, you know, to just be nice. And it's clear that he's definitely a big part of anything they're going to do this season. I'd expect him to get 60, 70 minutes again. This will be the first time I think he's played against Porto since he left Benfica. I might be wrong in that, but, you know, so I'm pretty sure he'll want to go there with his Barca colours on and put a big smile on his face and do some celebrations for scoring goals. <laughs> and it could be job done. Get him off 60, 70 minutes and, and go again at the weekend. Because they don't have many options, you know? Yeah. I feel like we we have talked about this before, that they essentially have four guys for three spots. Maybe it's five. But it's essentially, I guess it depends where Rafinha plays. And it looks like he um, left injured at, in the Sevilla game. I don't know. That's yeah, all same. I know. So I don't know if anybody yeah. knows what the deal is on Rafinha. But... You basically have Jamal, Lewandowski, Jao Felix, and Ferran Torres for three spots. And so, yeah, that's why Jao keeps playing. You would think Lewandowski always plays, although he did sit recently. I think he ended up coming off the bench. But, um, yeah, like you said, they're not that deep. It's kind of like Man City. They're not nearly as deep as they used to be. And so uh, it makes the the roulette situations a little easier to to handle. Uh, do you think, kind of looking at some of the lower on this list, Marseille, Villarreal, Frankfurt, Fulham, home against Sheffield United, like, could we see some wacky things like where one of these teams is like, oh, they won 4 nothing, and now they're actually, that's how you win champion Europe, with a Fulham defensive <laughs> stack, Villarreal, Danny Parejo, and the Marseille attackers. From that page, the team I would pick to do that would be Brentford, who are playing Man United. Um, <laughs> I don't think that kind of fits in with the uh, the actual... Because, again, they play Galatasaray, they could beat Old Trafford, they're at Old Trafford again. Mm-hmm. Brentford don't really put a foot wrong, you know, and they're a team that if you make mistakes, they'll just punish you. Not, you know... They're good, I've watched them a few times this year, but they're not spectacular. And, uh, yeah, I think that could be a good one. Because, again, if you're going to get a positive result against Man United, they'll need to score really big. And we've seen Brentford and Brighton last year when they had good form. Some of the scores they were able to trap were brilliant. But yeah, overall in Champion Europe, like that top, the, the the top fixtures on that list really do frighten me for the leaderboard because unlike Real, Bayern, and Barca, I think Leverkusen, Inter, Tottenham, even Dortmund, Leipzig, I think all those teams are really strong. You know, and it it doesn't really matter what kind of rotation that they do either midweek or at the weekend, you're going to get a relatively consistent output from them. And it's just about the match, you know, do they beat the other team or whatever. And I've got a tougher game than maybe some of those other teams are listed there. Mm-hmm. But I do think that 
yeah, there's not that many suboptimal situations, let's say. Yeah, I'm trying to think of, let's see. I'm only scrolling because I don't see Man City. Who do they have? Oh, way to Arsenal. That's right. So I remember I saw that and I was like, oh, Man City way to Arsenal, which is good for all the rest of us because that means that's one club that can really go up the leaderboard. And then it was like, oh, wait, but it's still Bayern, Leipzig, Madrid, Leverkusen. So Leverkusen play tomorrow, I believe, right? Um, yeah. And so I think there are some, like Jonas Hoffman, I know, I think actually sat the first uh, European match that they had so they kind of i think they are using him or maybe he came off the bench yeah he played 30 off the bench jeez look at that he's a killer isn't he man he's worked out so well for leverkusen it's really good it to really see those scores for him that's incredible man doesn't do below 65. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a decisive in every game that's phenomenal literally man. literally one in every game it's hard to imagine he doesn't keep it up as well if you watch Leverkusen because see see the thing with Soria when you see these scores, right? I mean you're very much on the same page with Laird, like the scores are done, you're not gonna get them back, right? But what you're looking for when you're scouting these guys is re repeatability. You know, how did they get that score? Well they was you know, Leverkusen put him on the ball the whole game. He gets all the corners, he gets into the box, he's finding strikers that take shots. Those are repeatable situations. Guys that like spike off on a one hundred on a random out of the blue for nowhere you know those things are really hard to imagine repeating you know and those are the ones that are maybe the you know the, the lost causes as it were but i say if you if, if anyone's watching leverkusen you'll see what he's doing is not to discredit him in his scores anyway but it's not spectacular he's not beating 10 guys on the dribble he's not knocking crosses in from 50 yards on the diagonal he's just doing his job pretty well and a guy like how old is he 30 again he's not like a flash in the pan a 19 year old will he keep it up will he keep going this guy's been doing it, you know, yeah. so he's, he's worked out absolutely perfectly. I think if you look like before the signing, if you were like, could he work at Leverkusen and your response would be like, this is how it would work. It's exactly what we're seeing in this upcoming fixture list is, I mean, <laughs> talking about being repeatable, I'm still looking for the first time he has like a tough game. This yeah. is November against Union Berlin, like, and even it's still Dortmund, in the first week of December, Leipzig yeah. in mid-January, like Bayern in February, like the, it's a great the run. Leverkusen. And it's not like he's the only one. Like Leverkusen have plenty of guys that can really score. And those who jumped on Leverkusen early, I think are are just laughing at this point. Yeah, they're buzzing on it. For sure. Um Let's jump over to some pick scores, which I had on one of these tabs. Here we go. Um, shockingly, Harry Kane at the top for forwards for All-Star Limited. I assume when you do all of the positions, it'll still be Harry Kane because, as we said, Bayern Munich should. Oh, Grimaldo stuck in front of him. Grimaldo over Frimpong. <laughs> <laughs> Grimaldo over the world, apparently. This is what's happening yeah. this weekend. Um, let's see where Frimpong Very good. ends up. Where you be? Let's see. I guess uh, Cologne do not give up many fantasy points to center backs or right. No, where's he been playing? Right, right mid, mid, kind of. Right mid. So the right mid is just not. Although that's not there yet. Okay. Yeah, that's all, all midfielders there. But pick score wise, Grimaldo's winning the Grimaldo versus Frimpong this week. Sorry, guys. Yeah. 
looks like it. Smashed out a 96 or a 98 last week, scored a beautiful free kick. And yeah, I think that AAA rating definitely, is, is, you know, it's definitely good on Grimaldo, don't get me wrong, but there, uh, maybe a wee bit of L5 bias on that because his scores have been so good recently, you know, but yeah. should be a good one for him. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely part of the part of the equation, so it's up there. Um, we've got who? This guy who? used to play for <laughs> Austria Vienna, maybe one of the Austrian clubs. I thought, yeah, there we go, Rapid Vienna. Oh. Which one is that? I think you were right the first time. I think it's Austria. Yeah. Okay. So I have no idea if he's been playing well for Hertha Berlin. Looks like kind of up at. Ooh. Jesus, man. Only three decisives, or I'm not doing any. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> three or nothing. <laughs> and based off the pick score this week, it looks like it could be three more against away to Schalke. That seems surprising to me, although Schalke have been about a, I'm pretty sure they've been a sieve this season. Um, Currently 16th in the league, that says. Yeah. Oh. Three conceded, <laughs> three conceded, three conceded. Oof. Wow. And yeah. we know uh, Tabakovic is all about three decisives. So there it Tabakovic is. or Kane? This week, <laughs> well, one of them has a floor price limited floor price of two hundred and eighty-seven dollars, and the other one is twenty-seven dollars and nineteen cents. A cool ten percent. <laughs> That's nice. That's how you use pick scores, right there. <laughs> Who's a triple A? How much do they cost? And this guy is ten times more than this guy. Douglas Santos, unsurprisingly, is that it is a way to Sochi. I don't know. Sochi's kind of a nice place. Maybe he gets there, gets a little too comfortable, then doesn't play as well. Can see uh, it. A few Tottenham players showing up, but there, I, I thought we'd see them a bit higher. But Madison, again, similar to Hoffman, transfers just worked out perfectly, and yeah. the scores look so repeatable. Like if you actually watch, obviously he's got set pieces, right? But actually in the game, the way he goes by someday, the passes he makes, he'll do that all season for them, you know. And Luton away, sure it's not Luton at home, but if you can't play Luton at home, you play them away. <laughs> 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 yeah, Kulisevsky came in. The Kulisevsky forward card is the third best. Uh, and Marcus is questioning Kulisevsky higher than Sun, which is interesting. Fair. Let's see how far Sun is. I'm guessing he is not in. Uh, he's a double A. Maybe his form isn't quite as good as Kulisevsky's. I think Kulisevsky's been a bit more AA recently. Maybe I might be wrong on that. So it feels like when last couple of times I've watched Tottenham, it feels like Son has been put into a wee bit more of that Kyogo role where he's not actually buddy touching the ball most of the time and it's just mm -hmm. get on the end of it. Um, whereas Kulisevsky is getting on the ball a bit deeper and getting asked to link up with play, beat a man out wide and do that kind of stuff. Son that's came fair. off injured against Liverpool, we're hearing as well. I didn't catch that. I was away this weekend, but that's maybe part of it. That's what Jerm is saying. I'm not sure. Um for those of you who want to compare players kind of easily, you can just use the stacks tab on any player page. So this is looking at Sun and, and Kulisevsky's matches together, and it'll just show them like their actual points. Uh, so Sun was better in 403, Kulisevsky better in 407, Sun in 409. And yeah, that's quite, I don't know why Sun is is better other, or excuse me, why Kulisevsky is better other than maybe uh, a few more fantasy points allowed to the wings. Yeah, it looks like that's probably if the opponent score as opposed to Sun, who's playing more centrally. Um, let's see. Got uh, Theo Leone, who I think is another looking up with Laird. I think um, Harry brought him up recently. He has been really good. And in fact, did he have 100 this past week? He did. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. So 35 AA, two assists, got him the, the full 100. I guess that's 105 uncapped. Uh, so yeah, he's been he's been really, really good this season. And so um, that's how he gets he here in the top 10 of the ahead of Pedro Poro, another Spurs guy. <laughs> Toby Alderweireld at home against uh, Yupin, which I don't think that's super surprising to anybody given that he's been no. playing well. The thing with the Leone one that I really like is I featured him on a video when the Belgian league came back out because he's one of these guys that it's his first season getting a card. Yep. He's, he's not even really that young. He's been kind of around. It's no, weird, yeah. This is his last season of U23. Yeah. But um, I like guys like that that don't have that many cards going as well. So he's a guy that you might see popping off and think, oh, it's an Anderlecht guy and just rub it off. But uh, I don't know how many cards he's got, but it's not that many, you know. So if you've got him, those scores are kind of all yours, you know, 15 rares, 54 limited. Yeah, 15 rares, one super, 54 limited. So, um, and I think that they're all this, are they all this season? I don't think he's yeah. had, yeah, he didn't even have a card before this. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good one. Um, Mbappe against a way to Ren. It's only triple A for Mbappe, games like that, isn't it? <laughs> No one else gets AAA for that kind of stuff. No, it's just Mbappe. No. Um, have you seen how good Calvin Stengs has been? Oh, yeah. Stengs has been brilliant. I also got to see him up close and personal when we played them uh, in the oh, first yeah. game of the Champions League. But I've been a Stengs admirer for quite a while. You know, when the Eredivisie first came on to so rare, uh, Stengs and Boadu were two guys I was aware of from other games and stuff I'd been on before and thought they were going to be doing really good. Desperate to get them. Didn't get either one of them. And Stengs, it feels like after a failed move to, I'm sure it was Monaco, it might have been Monaco. Nice. Yep. It was Monaco. So, uh, and then. Was it Bullet? Uh, let me see. Nice, you're right. It was Nice. And then he went somewhere else and was kind of crap. And back at Feyenoord now, Antwerp. Went to Antwerp, wasn't doing too much. So it feels like he's finally coming good. But when I watched him make a Celtic, like when I first seen him breaking through at AZ, he was like a really attacking winger. And they had a great connection with that Bladu, but he went to Monaco. Myron Bladu went to Monaco. That's why I've done that. But when I watched him for uh, against Celtic, he's got a free roll, number 10. So they've got the two guys in midfield, Weefer and Timber, and they are just progressors and you know, win the ball, turn it over kind of thing. They've got their attacking wingers like Ivanusic and whoever else are playing down to form and availability and their striker. And he's just in the middle and he gets to do whatever he wants in terms of move into pockets of space, link up the passes, and he takes a lot of set pieces. I don't know if he takes them all, but he takes a lot. He's a real good, real good talent. I would be worried about him transferring again, but... Um, let's see, last and five. Just in general. Yeah, looks like he's the main guy on corners. All right, he's a good one. For a forward card as well. Yeah, yep. I think he was one of those that... Uh, he was like a... U23, a so rare U23 darling here because he was so yeah. young and then he got that move and it was like, oh, and he finally clearly is back to the level where he should be playing and yeah, just taken off. But still Sorry, only, was... yeah, 24, 25 in a few, two months. But um, let's see, we've got our first goalie here, Marco Bizat, who was also, where did he, was he at? Yeah, he feels like he's been Dutch or something. He he's played in Holland. Easy. Yeah, he was easy. Yeah. Yeah. So they have where are they? Is that Toulouse? Yeah, home against Toulouse. Juan Brunetta, who has also been absolutely smashing. Oh, uh, good. Recently. 
I like to hear that. He's a good Andy guy. He gave me some crap that he was a triple A. And then he had, oh, I guess a disappointing 56 with 21 AA. Oof. But they could beat 5-2, man. Yeah. Doing much better. Has he got yeah. forwards as well? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's nice, man. Yep. Let's see here. 144 midfielder, 403 forwards. Oof. So that's the card you want. Uh, Cucho, Kimmich. I don't think there's anyone super surprising here. Usmani no. Diamande is an interesting one because Sporting don't will not have Sebastian Coates because he got hurt last mm-hmm. game, two games ago. Um, so there's that. And then Bruno, they've just been so bad that it, I, I don't want to believe this, even though it makes sense. Like statistically, this is AAA for Bruno, but man, they have Man United just just not working they suck so bad don't they i'm just waiting to look at bruno's oh you've got them there how has he actually been doing over the last uh, his l5 is not that bad considering no. how rotten they've been it's just a but... little more yellow than you're used to mm-hmm. like you had this run where like the lowest was 50 I'll, I'll cut it off here to make my point 54 you know from 74 to 54 and then it's like 50 44 38 Ugh. yeah i think like yeah he's one of those guys again he's a standalone piece isn't he you it's very, I don't think there's many people stacking Man United these days, but you know, Bruno's quite safe to play most of the time because he'll get the sets, could take a yeah. penalty, could score a free kick or whatever, you know. Um, so against Brentford, like as much as I was saying, like it could be a good sucker punch match, but Brentford will give you possession and he he gets he gets AA in possession, you know, so that's kind of fine. I just got a message. Oof, 2 1 fine or now, Stang's 20 AA in 45 minutes. 48 minutes, excuse me. Killing it. Shout out to Gator Guy who sent me that because he has it. He won Calvin Stings recently and was like, oh, he's really good. Like we we both, again, we've been on the platform while we know who he is. And I don't think unless you have him, you realize like how good he has been for them. Um, yeah. Looking tonight, Zuruki's in the team. So we have a different shape to how they played against Celtic. Wow. He's actually on the wing tonight. Yeah. Huh. Oh, that was a crazy game. Seventh and twelfth minute. Selfish game of three goals and no assists. Just yeah. hate to see it. This game is giving me a wee bit of deja vu to listening to uh, PSU the other day because of like the, the pain of watching Atletico Madrid. It's like all the decisives have happened in the first 30 minutes. Nothing else will happen now the rest of the game, Nothing, probably. Yeah, no chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's all you see. Wins a free kick, foul, foul. Wins a free kick, corner, <laughs> yellow card. <laughs> now we, uh, now we're there. Um, let's. I don't think there are anything that jumps out. Although I will give credit to our my good friend Tuggy for this Joakim Anderson. He asked me last week if he should buy him, and I was like, he can't. He's he's playing above his level score wise. He's not that good. And then he got a hundred. Like, he is good, man. He is good. I recommended him. Uh, we had a member who was looking to buy some super rares to move into pro and we were on the market for a little bit and it was before mate before most of these scores happened by the way and he got the super rare off of pavel for about 0.4 and i think that 92 was probably the first week he played them i think but he's been absolutely i think this actually up for sale now i've seen him post it the other day he's selling it but he's good he's really good and he's one of these guys who talk about repeatable scores See if you watch any of the games where those big scores have came in, so much of it is passing. Like, mm. so much of it is just dead possession passing. And then he does go up into the box uh, for corners and stuff 
for Palace. He does get into the into the mixer for set pieces, and he plays for Denmark, which is fun too, you know. And Denmark, I'm gonna Probably. over this for the upcoming break. Denmark play home against uh, Kazakhstan and then Oof. away to San Marino. And you can see Again. what happened the last time they played San Marino. I believe everybody got 100. <laughs> Mela 100, Anderson 100, Ericsson 100, Kyer 96, Hoiberg 95. With multipliers, basically the same thing, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. With your Denmark collection. Um, <laughs> let's see. Let's just go into capped quickly as we're already a bit over an hour. Um, I cap I cap's good fun for this as well because it shows you some of the sneaky ones there. Wow. Loves Kulisevsky. It just must think Kulisevsky is going to smash his face off this week. Like if 56, a cost of 56, and we have the cost efficiency as the highest possible. Damn. There it is. Who is this guy? Hakim Gwenoch. In that tough, I was going to say, you got to watch out when you play Blau Weisblins. But. <laughs> <laughs> you were going to say that. <laughs> I tried. I tried. Uh, I don't know why they think. I mean, I guess they're home against a promoted team that gives up points to what does he play? Left wings. Uh, that seems like a crazy one to me. But his limit is Tabak two dollars. Tapakavanich, whatever his name is, he looks good again. Yep. And then Udogi, I like that. That looks good for him. Yeah, 46 uh, yeah. to 15. That's a that's like a freebie. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Nobody else really jumps out. Is, is it, the thing I was the thing that kind of annoys me with the cat mode pick scores is like it is the cost. It's it's almost the NBA kind of vibe of the cat modes, I think. You know, it's like like you say the cost efficiency. So for fifty six points, he's very likely to get you seventy six or something. Um and I don't know, sometimes see the way I'm kind of picking my cat modes recently is like I'll try and pick the best like goalkeeper, defender, midfielder, forward, and then see whatever's left. I just kind of think of that as an allowance almost. It's not so like if I get to the last player, see I've got 54 points left. If I've got two guys that are over that, I just kind of think of it as I'm only not allowed to use those two guys. I don't really mm -hmm. care that it's 54 points. It's more just about right, well, I can't use those two and I can use everyone else. So sometimes when I see like the triple A's for like I see a guy there at 31 is L15. Sometimes that annoys me when I'm building lineups because I just I think it's more on the the guy being a 31 turning into a 52 yes. rather than something else. You know, um, annoys probably not the right words, but I think you know what I'm saying. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's yeah, it's just one of those that if you have a number of lower guys that work, the higher guys should be more attractive for you as opposed to less attractive on the score because if you have a guy who is a L15 is 65. And we only think he'll score 68. 68's a really good score. And yeah. so it's bad from an efficiency standpoint, but it's good from, from that. I did want to bring up Heron Bean because I see Matt's uh, Kohler, Kohlert here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so He's a cult icon. Yeah. So I have one of his cards, and they have been dreadful. Like straight up dreadful. Yeah. They, this, when you have, when you lose 1-0... And that's like a good game because they got blasted by Excelsior when they were at home. Feyenoord killed them. Go ahead, Eagles beat them. So 
I brought this up because Andres Knopper has been awful. Um, I'll tell oh, me yeah. take out the Netherlands. I feel like I bring this up on every show I'm on. But 10, 27, 7, 9 and a half, 25. Rough patch. But home against NEC this week, maybe an opportunity to turn around. But I did joke to somebody. It's straight up like alternating good and poor fixtures. Like home against NEC, then at AZ. Oh. You got Heracles, but then you're at Ajax. Vitesse, Fortuna, Almere, that's where it starts to get good. Then PSV. And it's like, that's what you get from these Netherlands, these Dutch teams that at some point they're going to run into that like Ajax, PSV, AZ buzzsaw. And you're just like, I'm, my cards are dead this week. But so Noppert has that after, right after the break. But maybe this week he can at least score 30. Can see, can, can, I don't know. Well, let's hope so. It's, because see, as far as these challenger leagues go, like the Dutch league is, it's probably the best equipped for having like, see if you were to, to say, take the top five teams from all the challenger leagues, the Dutch top five are probably the best, you know, like, and there's not many challenger leagues that have five, six teams maybe that are that yeah. well equipped. So if you've got a goalkeeper in Holland, it's not one of those teams. That always gives me a wee bit of the fear that you could have a dodgy fixture list and a half where your month is written off because... It's not only Ajax and PSV, but do you get 20? Do you get AZ? You know, and then there's always another random team that are fighting in amongst it. Excelsior, yeah, I see like, that are uh, fifth at the moment. Rotterdam were pretty good last year, I remember. Yeah. Um, Sparta, so, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like if they're good, then it's like, ah, here's another one you have to deal with. Um, although it looks like anybody would like to play Ajax at this point, but <laughs> maybe, they, maybe yeah. they turn it around. I don't know. Um, all right. I think that that does it. Um quick look again at the matchups page. Like I said, we actually, we were talking about the second division and how I thought we had, let's see, who is the top one? Southampton right here. Yeah. So obviously there are big favorites ahead, but it does feel like those, the teams ahead of Southampton and the second division sides are the ones who may rotate a little bit or have the guys who are playing more international uh, matches. And so maybe it's a second division. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Thank you everybody for joining. If you could please like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Shout out to this guy right here. Um, we have another show in 45 minutes. For those of you who are watching live, we're just blasting them out today. So I'll be, so are Andrews. That is basically topicless. Yeah, I said that right. Um, there's a little second screen to those ever watching the uh, Champions League. <laughs> and then uh, nothing tomorrow or nothing. Yeah. Tomorrow or Friday. Sorry. I'm off. I'll be back Monday. I'm going to convince Quinny to come back on Monday as well to look at the midweek international fixtures, which uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Quinny, thank you very much for all the help there. And uh, yeah, good luck. Pleasure, Zmain. One the hoops. <laughs>